Wow. You put a lot of oxygen into the fermenting yeast, they go aerobic and they start multiplying. Great American ale off? Cause of death. Dun dun dun. It tastes worse than Bud Light. Straight <laughs> up 10. Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. I'm your host, Adam. Today, it's just me. Today, we are doing a fun Trimmers Marathon review. Uh, obviously, I posted that bonus episode uh, last week of Trimmers 1 and 2, reviewing Trimmers 1 and 2. This today, we will I will be reviewing Trimmers 3 through 6, and sometime, sometime this month, maybe even next week, I'll be reviewing the TV series. I might break that up in half, though. I might I might review the first few episodes and then the last few episodes, and then compare the series and franchise as a whole all together and discuss it uh, before moving on with Sci-Fi Month and moving on to more space themed and whatnot. But I felt like Trimmers was a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a it's a franchise. Some you know, Trimmers is a franchise. I really wanted to dive into it, dive into the grit of what makes that franchise tick. And before we get to all of that, all of the seismic reactions, get it? Because <laughs> before we get to some graboid action, it's time for something. That is also big. This is a big beer. Keeping in theme with large things, we've got here, I'm going to be sitting here drinking a 32-ounce Crowler <laughs> while we're viewing the Trimmers franchise, the Trimmers movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, this beer is called the Bruzilla Bruzilla Project. That's Bruzilla, like Godzilla, you know, get it? Bruzilla Project. This is a 11.6% Imperial Double IPA, aged for eight months in bourbon, in Breckenridge bourbon barrels. So this is a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Double IPA at 11.6% by volume by the Angelina Brewing Company over in, uh, where is that? Where is Angelina Brewing Company? I can't remember. It's uh, Lufkin. It's in Lufkin, Texas. Angelina Brewing Company in Lufkin, Texas. I bought this from the brewery itself. It was a nice brewery. They had really good food. Uh, they had um, a few good beers on tap. Uh, I I really wanted to try there. They had a porter that I really wanted to try. They did not have it. But um, I went ahead and grabbed me myself a 32-ounce crowler of this. And, um, yeah, so here we go, 11.6% Bruzilla, let's smell it. Ooh, I can smell the bourbon. I can smell the bourbon. You know, they, there's not too many bourbon barrel-aged IPAs, Imperial IPAs. Not much at all. Yeah, no. It's a, so it's a, um, this is a lucky, a lucky unicorn. This is a rainbow a rainbow beer. This is one of those beers that's, uh, it's not 
a big, big, mainly because you don't really age IPAs. You know, the whole thing about IPAs is that you get them in, but I mean, this is a double. It's at 11%. I mean, it, technically the percentage is is prime time aging beer, but it is an IPA. Let's see if the hops, because I actually bought this, I bought this a couple months ago. Let's see if the hops and the flavor are able were able to uh, stay intact. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm gonna try this beer. At eleven percent, that is super smooth. There's a there might be a mild a mild burn. Not even a burn. Like it's like a tickle. Mild tickle in the back of the throat. Oh, the bourbon's really nice. The bourbon I think I think it's sitting in the fridge for a little while. So it aged for eight months. And then they tapped this around June. July, August, eight, nine, ten, June. Yeah, July, August. Okay, so ten months. This this beer has been aging for ten months. The flavor's been mixing. Imperial Double. You know what? I'm getting the double flavor. Double, double IPAs. I've noticed have such a particular taste and I can get hints of it and I hate double IPA like I think double IPAs are the worst however the imperial the the imperial aspects of this covered by the bourbon barrel aged I mean this and I'm not really a fan of bourbon barrel aged beers to be honest I think that a lot of the times bourbon barrel aged beers ruin stouts but apparently they go great with imperial with double IPAs, this is a the the taste is real nice. It's smooth. You can get the the hops on the back of the tongue still. The hop the hops aren't dead. It, it's been ten months and it's no copper. There's not really a copper flavor. If it is, thankfully the the bourbon has um yeah the, the yeah I think I think more breweries should be aging their Imperial IPAs in bourbon barrels. <laughs> after this one, after this one, this is really good. This is really good. God, and I have 32. I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty trashed after this. <laughs> after this beer. <laughs> Oh, uh, before I get uh, completely wasted, uh, <laughs> man, that's good. Okay, um, so bottom bottom line, the the bourbon comes out nice. The hops are there. The double IPA taste that you are probably used to tasting when double IPAs is there, but it's all kind of subtle enough and it mixes together so well. This is a this is a solid 9.8. This is almost a 10. It might be a 10. Uh, maybe there's something missing, but not really. This, for a double IPA, this is my, this is my favorite double IPA. This is a 10. This is a 10 in double IPA world for me.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ten. That's a ten. Good job, Angelina Brewing Company. That was a solid ten beer. You know what? I'm actually, uh, I kind of foresight. This month, I think this month is going to have a lot of 10-star beers. <laughs> oh, man. There's a few 10-star, like, at, at least for certain. Because we mainly drink, like, stouts and, you know, typical IPAs and some sours here and there. Um, and and so whenever you get, like, one of these out-of-the-box, like, oh, a really good double IPA, it's like, holy shit, we're actually getting... We're actually getting really good beer right now, so uh, I'm gonna be throwing them tins out like I'm at the strip club. <laughs> no, uh, don't throw tins at a strip club, guys. <laughs> that is bad advice. Is what I just gave you bad advice. That you will not have money or pride. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Obviously, I I ranked, I reviewed. Trimmers 1 and 2 in the last episode. Go check that out if you have not checked it out already. Um, I'm going to do a... I'll do a recap at the end of these reviews. And I'm going to list my rankings in order from best to worst. worst, Let's do worst to best. Worst to best. But um, let me me start off with the reviews of the movie. So... (sighs) Kicking off... This review, reviews, is Trimmers 3, Back to Perfection. Uh, Trimmers 3 is takes place around 97, about 5 years. I want to say about 5 years after Trimmers 2. Um, it, it was kind of a precursor to... I'll get, I'll get it. You know, Trimmers 3, for some reason, I used to think... You know, I used to think I hated Tremors 3, but as I rewatched it, almost all of my recollections, whenever I think of Tremors, is is from Tremors 3. <laughs> it's, uh, I, for some reason, every time I try to think about a Tremors, I, I always think that it's the Tremors TV series that I'm remembering, but after watching Tremors 3, I'm like, no, I've been remembering Tremors 3 this whole time. Like, all my fond memories of Tremors has been Tremors 3, and it brought back a lot of the nostalgia um, watching Tremors 3 for me. Um, uh, Tremors 3 is easily, easily has the most memorable, easily has the most memorable scenes so far in the series. Uh, not nearly as notable as the first film, but I mean, it's just super, super fun and a staple of what the Tremors movies should be. You know, a lot of reviews do put the, a lot of reviews do put the Tremors 2, uh, above this one, and I get that. You know, um, uh, Tremors 3 doesn't have Fred Ward in it, who did bring a, pr- uh, a certain presence to the original two that was indeed lacking in this one. But with Michael Gross as Burt Gummer becoming the lead character and the introduction of Jody Chang character who takes over her uncle's store from the first movie, and I, feel, I feel like this was a solid setup film for the TV series that would come on sci-fi like two years later. It does somehow drag a bit near the end. Despite that, I think Tremors 3, Back to Perfection, has an edge over Tremors 2. No weird tone changes in the middle of the film. The, the constant worry... Uh, the, and then there's this constant worry of both a new threat and then the albino graboid that seems to be stalking, uh, stalking uh, Bert. Bert? Yeah, 
expert and <laughs> and a little more self-awareness like when, <laughs> like when they name the new creature the ass blaster and the tour guide character the co-lead character in the movie is like that sounds like a porno <laughs> uh it's a it's a little fun so the the movie's the movie's a little funner the creature design for the ass blaster is way better than the uh what do they call the heat seekers maybe i think they call i think they call them heat seekers and they call them uh shriekers but the ass blaster design is way better than the shriekers and the less inconsistencies help give this edge over Tremors 2. So I think Tremors 3 is ranked above Tremors 2. Moving on, we got Tremors 4, Where the Legend Begins. Uh, Tremors 4 has probably the least interesting opening in the franchise. However, after that intro scene, the movie is the best shot since the first Tremors in 1990. Uh, Tremors 4... Tremors 4 was released one year after the TV series aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, so perhaps the team just so happened to know what they were doing this time around. Uh, Armed with a fresh new writer, Tremors 4 takes us to the past or the Old West where we see perfection used to be rejection in a town with a familiar set of last names. Tremors 4 has some, holy crap, is that the guy from Free Willy moments in it? (laughs) Which is fun, yeah. I, when I seen the dude from Free Willy was in Tremors 4, I'm like, holy shit, the dude from Free... It's the Native American guy from Free Willy. Uh, um, now, this is the slowest burn Tremors film in the series so far. As I watch, I, I'm watching these in order, and uh, as I was watching them, I noticed that it had the slowest burn of the franchise uh, so far, of the four movies that I had watched. Um, had had I had the filmography or acting been as bad as Tremors two or three, this would have been a horrible film. Thankfully, the acting is great. We've got Michael Gross playing the, a late relative to his character Bert Gummer, whom owns the mine in town that is being attacked. He also plays a character that is the complete opposite. Of the Burt of the Burt Gummer character we are used to seeing, uh, it provides a unique dynamic and a side of Michael Gross's acting abilities that the films haven't really let him have as of yet. You know, because uh, he plays just a he plays just as good as a scared rich guy as he does a radical doomsday prepper. Uh, despite the slow despite the slow action, I think Tremors Four is a little better than Two. Just with the acting alone. Sadly, the movie lacks the memorable moments found in 3. And it's a little slower paced than it needs to be throughout the whole film. And not just the third act. So with the lack of, so with the lack of big graboid action and really the lack of real suspense, I'm going to rank Tremors 4 uh, lower than 3 but higher than 2. Next up, we got Tremors 5. Bloodlines. So Tremors Five, I think, takes place eleven years. This is the this is the longest gap in the series. So Tremors Five Bloodlines takes uh, eleven years after Tremors, uh, after the release of Tremors Four. So actually, it's like 12, 13 years since uh, since the last uh, technically the last story because Tremors Three. So then we got all the way to Bloodlines. Uh, so, uh, 
It's the first film. It's also Tremors Five is the first film without the original creative team. Um, so, I guess what happened was the. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but seemingly this movie was the, was the first since one to have a budget, and I guess Universal was like, "We're gonna give this franchise a budget, but only if we have full control." So the old team, the old creative team that uh, that writ that wrote and directed the previous Tremors movies are and the TV series are no longer a part of Tremors. Sadly, uh, I think I think, and I'll mention this at the end. Um, despite what I give this rating, but I'll, mention, I'll save that for the end of my review. But um, but it's been eleven years since the fourth film came out. CGI technology has gotten way better. Uh, Tremors Five Bloodline opens with Burt Gummer and a promotional a promotional for his survival video series. We then see a familiar attack scene that brings that begins just about all Tremors films. This time, the attack is in Africa. Uh, Tremors has been around for 20 years, and you do have that. Why are they teasing the Graboid reveal? <laughs> you know, why are, why are they teasing the Graboid reveal? We've seen it many times before. Uh, thankfully, there is somewhat of a payoff when we see a newly, freshly cool, sleek design of the creature. Um, uh, so, th- yeah, thankfully there's a payoff, man. Like that—that's that was that was really annoying to be honest. Uh, watching these back to back, it's like, why are they still doing these fake outs where you don't see the creature? Like, show me a graboid eating people in the beginning. We don't need to build that suspense up anymore. We know what the damn graboids look like. <laughs> don't build it up. Show me the graboid eat people. That's all I want to see. Graboid eating people and Burt Cummer coming to save the day. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> what was I trying to say? Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyways, so while filming his show, a dirt bike riding Jamie Kennedy shows up, says he's a huge fan. Uh, Burt's cameraman quits and says Kennedy can have the job. And then moments later, a spokesman from Africa shows up to hire Bert to come handle an ass blaster problem. Uh, once in Africa, they discover a new type of ass blaster and a much larger version of the Graboid. Turns out these are different types of Graboids altogether. Aside from looking different, they evolve different, skipping this creature phase. Their tongues can detach and are alive without being attached to the Graboid. This uh, this movie was made surprisingly well. Surprisingly well-made film. I feel the only thing that is lacking might be the relationship between Jamie Kennedy and Burt Gummer. It and some of the tension build-up was a hard time uh, for not making this rank number one. I mean, if, if they would just have worked on Jamie Kennedy and Burt Gummer's chemistry, I think this would have been the best movie of the franchise. Um... Honestly, I'm having a hard time not ranking this number one, but that was just, that was just a big flaw, man. There's, a, there's some there's some big flaws within the, within the within the script itself, not necessarily the filmmaking aspect, but the script. There was flaws in the script that um that that keeps this from being number one. 
You know, in fact, you know, there were large sections where the two, I mean, just did not interact with each other at all. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, at, at some point, they finally have their BV, their Batman versus Superman moment where Jamie, Jamie Kennedy says Florida, and like Florida is the Martha of this is the Martha of this movie, and now we're supposed to believe Bert has a growing emotional attachment. Uh, <laughs> their relationship seems rushed, uh, or seems written out. You know what it se- You know what it seems like. It seems like they were filming this movie, and they're like, ah, oh, you know, why is Jamie Kennedy here? I don't know. Um, maybe he's uh, Bert's son. Oh, okay, yeah, let's write that in and like scribble. <laughs> Let's scribble that in. Go uh, reshoot some shots, and uh, with him saying uh, "son, son" stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, that's how it felt, man. It felt like that was just thrown in at last minute. Uh, but with the but with high with the higher production, cooler looking monster designs. That's one thing. The ass blaster. That's uh. So the the ass blaster and graboids are the African version in this movie. Like I guess they they discovered a a second breed of graboid and that being the african version where um the ass blaster really it skips it skips the middle evolution so it goes from graboid to ass blaster and um both look very different and both move differently the the african graboid leaps it leaps out of the ground a lot more and does a very spiral motion um it has a very spirally motion to it when it, it and it always leaps out the ground like out of the ground and then it usually comes down at its prey um whereas the traditional desert graboid just comes up and eats you and brings you down this one leaps up and comes it kind of it's kind of crazy cuz it will just leap up at you and come down downwards at you from from up above and then on top of that the um ooh the ass blaster in in this movie in bloodlines receives such a huge upgrade it's like it really they take away they take away the beak they take away the beak aspect of the original ass blaster and they give him like a more of a circular mouth where he's kind of like a he's kind of like a cool um he kind of comes off as a Resident Evil character now, to be honest. Um, but it's really cool. It's, it's a really cool design, and I like the fact that they just that they they made an excuse for why it looks different, and not just oh this is an ass blaster. I because they they look they they look way different. Like both of them look way different to each other. Uh, the face is just two two different faces. So I'm I'm glad that they we're able to distinguish a reason they look different. And uh, I really appreciated that about uh, Tremors 5. And uh, despite the original creators not being there, I feel like they at least tried their best. Well, I say they tried their best. They tried a little better than I would have expected uh, executives to try. (laughs) You know. Uh, (laughs) But, um... So yeah, man, I'm gonna rank. I I rank this right below the original Tremors movie. Uh, it, it's uh, it has such. I mean, it's just such cool monster designs. Uh, it was very. It was it was entertaining throughout the whole film. Very little drag. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Fun film. Uh, 
Then moving on to the uh, most recent Tremors movie, which came out a few years ago. Uh, by the way, Tremors 7 uh, is going to be coming out in October. I uh, can't wait for Tremors 7. This whole, you know, we're reviewing the old films, getting ready for Tremors 7 to come out in October. Uh, Tremors 6, a, code, a Cold Day in Hell. Tremors 6 probably has the only opening I can't complain about. <laughs> I mean, they have the classic, oh, an attack happens scene that we've grown to expect from Tremors. But this time, you see the Graboid. <laughs> Wasn't I just complaining about that in my in my five review about how like it's like why are they hiding the graboid attack like what's the point why are they trying to build suspense to this thankfully like uh, Tremor Six opens with uh, at least a really cool graboid attack he comes up and he eats this girl and it's freaking he that it's probably the it's probably one of the best opening shots in in the entire film franchises the opening shot in uh tremor six um you see the graboid before the main characters and i, I think that was fun uh wasn't i just <laughs> uh so here we are tremor six a cold day in hell it's called a cold day in hell because <laughs> this film takes place in canada <laughs> and features the return that's that's something i didn't like i didn't like that so this movie takes place in canada but it features the return of the African variants of the Ass Blaster as well as the Graboid. Without the, however, the Graboid does not have disconnect, disconnecting tongues, and they never explain why the African versions are in Canada. That is never explained or talked about. Nothing's ever said. It's kind of frustrating because uh, I kind of, I kind of liked. I kind of like the design in the I I, I like the design of the Ass Blaster, the original design, and I would like to see what they could do with that design, but in a better equipped CGI world. You know, like just making that design look sleeker and better um, with the beak, the whole beak thing, and I just feel like I don't I I don't know. I can't explain why they didn't why they kept the African variants and did not say why the African variants are in Canada. It really makes no sense. Uh, so that was, that was kind of frustrating. Um, <clears throat> grab boy without the direction. Africa, uh, writing this movie must have been a nightmare <laughs> from, from outside looking in without having firsthand knowledge. I mean, this, this was just so goofy. I think I you know what it is. I think they were. This movie takes place in Canada, but they due because of production problems or they wanted to film. They filmed this movie in Africa, <laughs> and I bet like the writing team was like, okay, so we're doing this in Africa now. Let's have um, the African graboids and stuff. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> we it's in Africa, but it's Canada. And then I guess the editors were like, oh, it's Canada? Let's put some snow here and there. So they put snow, but then they kept the uh, the creatures, the African design. <laughs> and so it just seems, it really seems like a discombobulated mess, uh, the sixth one does, sadly. Um, 
uh, based on uh, from outside looking in, writing this movie was a nightmare. Was it when it was time for rewrites? I'm sh- yeah, what it feels like is that when it was time for rewrites, they rewrote lines and not scenes. <laughs> it, it may sound like I'm being harsh on this one, but I mean, okay, so I'll give some positive. I guess uh, visually, it looks great. Sometimes, though, I guess this is more disses, but sometimes it's not as on par as with five. Especially the ass, yeah, the ass blasters don't look as good as they did in five. They actually look pretty bad uh, when you get when you get close looks at them. They look fine like far away, but when they do the um, the far uh, the when they do close up shots, they don't look as good as they did in the fifth movie. <clears throat> Um, the Graboid, however, the Graboid looks better. I think the Graboid uh, looks the best that it's ever looked in the franchise. And I love a lot of these. I love a lot of these surprise throwbacks and mentions of older characters in the series, especially that one. Uh, one of them is the daughter of the original cast, uh, Kevin Bacon's character. Um, Jamie Kennedy and Burt Gummer have great scenes. They have great scenes. But together, they do not, they still do not have any chemistry. And Jamie Kennedy is fine. A lot of people were complaining about Jamie Kennedy, but he's fine. Whenever Bert is asleep and Jamie Kennedy is by himself and he has to take over, I mean, he, Jamie Kennedy was a believable, believable character by himself. As someone that could really. I mean, as someone that could really take over the Tremors franchise as the lead, uh, should Michael Gross ever decide it's time to step away from his iconic role. Uh, but together, they just don't work, man. I don't know what... I mean, sometimes that's just what it is. Some actors just do not work well together. Um, and or they don't fit well in a scene together. And that's the case with Jamie Kennedy and Michael Gross. They just, they just do not have any chemistry. You can feel it. I think they try... I think they try to have chemistry, but it just does not work. It does not work at all. Uh, you see, I mean, and you see this instantly in the first scene. Uh, Jamie Kennedy is in. Uh, he, Jamie Kennedy, he arrives to the store, and it's just like random. He just he arrives randomly, and it can't. They can't do that anymore. You know, this is like this is Bert's. You know, son. He knows it's his son. And they, I mean, the shtick, the shtick worked in two and three, but five and six, it just doesn't work so much. And they keep trying that shtick where the, where the the random sidekick character just shows up. It's like, oh, it's, I'm a sidekick now. It's like, no, like you got to try to make a movie. You can't just do random scenes like that. It worked for the other two because one was a taxi driver that happened to be a fan. Blah blah. Like they they they, they made that shit work. They made the random characters work. They do not make each time Jamie Kennedy appears. There's no reason for it. <laughs> there's no reason he is there. They just film a scene with him arriving, and they just want us to accept their relationship, even though their relationship on screen is failing. It's failing. There's no. There's nothing to get excited about in their relationship and scenes with them together. They just they just do not work together. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Cannot explain it, but I do not feel like they work together. Uh, <clears throat> uh, despite the visuals and a lot of the fun action elements, the first time they successfully catch... 
Uh, you know that you know this is the first time they successfully catch a graboid. That was a that was a fun scene. Jamie, uh, Jamie uh, Kennedy had a, to climb inside to extract its goo to save Bert from its poisoning. Whenever that happened, no one knows. Did the movie say it? If, it, if they did, they made it. They made it somehow so uninteresting that I completely missed it. But yes, the story, plot elements, and maybe the worst writing of the of any of the films uh, makes this a lot lower on my list than what I was expecting. If <laughs> if the Shriekers weren't such a garbage monster in the second movie, this one would rank below it hardcore but um i'm gonna give this movie i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be nice i'm gonna give this movie a cold day in hell i'm gonna rank it better than two so here we are guys you made it to the end of my reviews of the tremors movies be sure to watch be sure to go back and listen to my tremors one and two review in the previous episode of this episode. So there's this episode. The very previous the very previous episode is me reviewing Tremors 1 and 2. <laughs> my ranking of the Tremors movies from worst to best. <clears throat> worst Tremors movie is Tremors 2 Aftershocks. This is <laughs> This is the complete opposite pick of what, um, if you type in Tremors rankings, they have Tremors 2 ranked the best. <laughs> the best. And I think, I think that it's the worst. And I think they only were being nice to Fred Ward. You know, Fred Ward is is great in the movie. You know what? Tremors 2 Aftershocks, the first half of this movie, is solid. Something must have happened. Something happened. And actually, I was looking I was looking something up, and I think what happened was that they... That... that, that what's his name? Kevin... Uh, fuck. Um, Footloose guy. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was supposed to return for Tremors 2. And first he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Then he said he was going to do it. And so they're filming... But then he never showed up, and I guess he just decided not to do it anymore again. And but they were already filming a movie, and so the 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 company was like, "Hey, if you guys don't have Kevin Bacon, um, we, we, you're either you're either gonna have to cancel the movie, or you're gonna have to cut your budget way down." And I think what they did was they cut their budget way down, and just a lot of those a lot of those production issues. And the near cancellation, I you can feel it in that second half of the movie. You can feel it. There's like scenes that are just no good. It's like, oh my god! Like, what are y'all doing, Tremors Two? And then the 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 creature designs are the worst of the of the franchise. The Shriekers are just horrible in it. Uh, when the day scenes, okay, when you first see the Shriekers, they're fun. When they when you first see the Shriekers are are scary at first, but as soon as it is daytime, as soon as that one, uh, the scene where they surround Bert's truck is over, Tremors Two becomes a laughing stock. That uh, the the monsters are garbage. The acting is garbage. Uh, Fred War- Fred Word Fred Ward and and Michael Gross they do their best with what they're given, 
and they stay a light in this darkness of a film. But overall, it has that that second half is just way too bad for me to uh, put it any higher than last. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> next up, uh, <laughs> my ranking rank number five. Yeah, five. I do uh, Tremor Six, A Cold Day in Hell. Uh, Tremor Six. I just talked about it. It was fun, but um. I mean, had had good visuals, but the plot was just so bad. The plot was bad. The story didn't make much sense, and there's a lot of um, plot holes that were not explained. Where previous Tremors films took the time to make things make sense, and I feel like a Cold Day in Hell was the first Tremors movie where they the writers just did not give a damn at all, and they just did not make it make sense, and it. And it was really frustrating. It was a frustrating watch for a movie that tries to be smart and caters to its audience. I think A Cold Day in Hell uh, was the least smart film of the bunch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was fun. It was a, it was a little fun. They had some fun moments, but the plot keeps it at number five. <clears throat> number four. Uh, perfect. Number four is Tremors Four: The Legend Begins. This is the throwback. This is the throwback sh- uh, movie, the blast of the past, where it shows uh, Perfection Valley, you know, back in the past, and um, and yeah, I mean, the, it was just slow, man. It was just a slow burn, and you and you didn't really see the monsters that much. They start off as little tiny, tiny worms. Um, they t- <laughs> like many, many graboids, and at some point they grow. I mean, they had some fun moments. Uh, the acting, the acting in four was the best in the series so far. In all seven, in in all six movies, I think Tremors Four has the best acting. Um, but if it felt the least Tremory to me. Uh, with all that being said, I I gave it in fourth place. Uh, Tremors Three makes it in third place, uh, respectfully. Uh, Tremors 3, Back to Her Perfection, uh, has the most memorable scenes in the franchise. Um, I think it. I think that's the movie where uh, Bert really does shine. It's the first one where he takes control of, of the franchise, and he's the lead character. He, he says, uh, it's a cold day in hell. In Tremors 3, he gets eaten by a graboid, which uh, affects them in like these other movies and stuff, whatnot, and so it's just like, uh, and then we see the we see the ass blaster, and the ass blaster was such a great, was such a better design than the shrieker. Uh, everything about this movie was fun. The only thing really about it was that it was filmed for TV, and so it has like a very Stargate SG one. <laughs> Like in Stargate's fun, you know. Stargate had good writers though, so uh, I, but I think I think Tremors Three had a very Stargate low budget sci-fi TV show budget, and um, and based off that budget, you can't really do it any higher than third place. Uh, it was just it's kind of there's some cringy moments and parts that, um, and then the third act was a little was a little draggy for me. Um, 
but it's one of the most memorable films, and so there we are. Tremors 3 is ranked third in the franchise. Ranking number two. This is, this is a surprise for a lot of people, uh, but um, Tremors 5, Bloodlines. I ranked number two. I think that the... I think that this is visually the best movie of the franchise. I think it was fun. had fun action. It had... The, everything about this movie was fun except some of the wonkiness that was Jamie Kennedy and and um, Michael Gross's character developments that was it that was my that was my main complaint had they flushed out that storyline part had they flushed out Jamie Kennedy's presence and why the fuck he was there um this movie would be number 1 for me but because of that, because of the weird plot plot problems, are not really plot problems, script problems. The script problems I have with this movie uh, makes it a number two. And then number one, Tremors, the original movie. Tremors, the reason why Tremors holds up for me is because while Tremors 3 has classic moments, um... Tremors has classic scenes, uh, and that the, that may sound similar, but I'm telling you, it's different. Um, the score is way better in, in the original Tremors. Uh, the visual, the visual, the the, the filmography is way better. Uh, they had, I assume, they had the best director in the franchise, uh, even though he went on to do horrible movies. But uh, of the franchise. <laughs> Uh, Trimmers, the original Trimmers had had the best director. They had some of the best actors. They had all the actors. Tr- the original Trimmers was a star-studded cast at the time. I mean, all these actors were at their at their prime, just about. Um, Kevin Bacon was at the at the pi- at a pivotal point in his career where he just did Footloose. He's a famous actor. He's like he just did the best, the biggest movie of his career, and now he's gonna go do Trimmers. And he was hesitant about doing the movie, you know. But um, but uh, I think him and Fred Ward had such good chemistry. That's one thing that's missing. One thing that's missing in all these films are that is that chemistry building, like they had in the original Tremors. You know, Fred Ward and and um, Kevin Bacon, they just they just worked so well together on screen. You know, it just. It almost made it believable, and the suspense. There was like suspense, like they're running around. They're, they they just want to leave, you know. They just want to leave this town. It's it's kind of a simple. It's like it's out. It's also one of the most simpler plots, um, in the franchise. And but um, they just want to leave town. They're 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 sick of doing their old jobs. They want to leave, and then murder. You know, you know, people start dying around them, and they have to like survive and so i think that's just like a it's just such a fun intense movie you know it's it's intense um uh, it being the original you don't know who's gonna live who's gonna die it's it wasn't uh you couldn't call it if if you know what i mean um it was it wasn't predictable uh there was some there's some classic moments it has it has the most Two classic moments it has them jumping the rocks with the pole vaulting, and then it has the scene where the car gets drug under. They haven't done that scene. 
I think they did. I think they do that scene again in the TV series, and they did it in the pilot episode that Kevin Bacon was a part of, where the car gets drug under. Uh, and there's that scene where they like, where they're they're brushing they're brushing the ground, and like the car lights are still on. I don't know, man. The, for some reason, that scene just it just strikes something in me where it's like, man, this is a good, this is like a crazy movie. Yeah, like like yeah, someone just got killed right there like two people just died in there the, the car lights are still on it's just it's just really eerie they they were able to mix the eerie with the comedy really well in the first movie uh it's a it's it's kind of disappointing that they couldn't keep that tone throughout the rest of the films uh they kind of they kind of started going to campy and now with the with the fifth and sixth movie they've kind of gone straight action with a little comedy no, I wish they would have been able to keep the tone of the first movie, uh, but they didn't. But they couldn't. Uh, the, the 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 franchise is still fun. It's a fun watch. Everything, like I said, I just watched it all. I'm gonna go watch the TV series and review that next. Um, but yeah, man, the Tremors franchise. It's crazy that it's still going. But I mean, it's entertaining, and it's gonna be entertaining to somebody. It's more entertaining than. Then half the movie, it's more entertaining than the fucking Transformers franchise. Look at the Transformers franchise. Look at the freaking Sharknado franchise that made seven movies. I think Tremors is, I think Tremors is ten times better than Sharknado. But you know, do you agree? Do you agree that Tremors is better than Sharknado? Do you believe that Tremors is better in the Transformers franchise? If not, well. <clears throat> that's... <clears throat> that's just your opinion. And that's fine. Because all we have here are... Opinions. In Bruzilla, 11.6% Imperial Bourbon Barrel Aged IPA. Beer. We are a million centuries old. To the pride for more. Of-